All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 298. It is panic at the crypto. Clips is pressing the panic button on this whole James Harden saga. We revisit some teams that made big splashes in the offseason, and we're going to check in on them, see how they panned out. A lot of injuries happening in the NBA. We're going to break those down for you. And the Clippers are missing a P in their rebrand. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew! Kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players podcast, epic. So 298. It is Veterans Day weekend. Clips and Drew wanted to give a shout out to the men and women who have been serving our country. We salute you. We appreciate you. Hopefully you have a, a good weekend. I don't know how many vets listen to us, Drew, but I'm sure we got a few in there. Well, my brother's a vet, so big shout out to my brother. Love him. Thank you for your service. And thank you to all those people out there still serving that have served. It's uh, incredible. And it's nice that we have some, some you know, usually two holidays to remember those that served in, in America, but it uh, feels like we should have one every month. But uh, yeah, big, big shout out to all those folks out there that served. Epic show 298, Drew. Um, you know, it's been a wild week for your boy clips. We'll get into that later. But, you know, maybe you can agree with me on something, Drew. Do, you know, there, there are times where I could be, I don't know, a tad dramatic. Do you, do you think that's a, 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 a good thing to say? I could be a tad dramatic? Yeah, I think all of us can. But sure. Yeah, you're not, you're not uh, excluded from being dramatic from time to time. And, you know, time to time, I could be, I don't know, a bit extra. This is a little <laughs> bit extra sometimes in my thoughts and my opinions. And uh, <clears throat> I'm feeling a little dramatic today, Drew. And I want to tell you why I'm feeling dramatic today. Your boy is two weeks into the NBA season, and I'm already pushing the Clipper red panic button oh, on no. this season. I got a lot to say, Drew. I, this might be long-winded. <laughs> I've been quiet for the past couple of days. I'm sorry to, to be firing off. Mm-hmm. But I got a story to tell. I'm pushing the red panic button now. And how many times have we actually, I came up with the, the name of this show, like right before our show, we're calling this panic at the crypto. Panic at the crypto is what we're calling this episode right now. And I want to tell you why I'm panicked, Drew. I'm going to take you through a little story. It's story time with clips. So as you guys all know, I had two MRIs last week. I had to get two more MRIs on Monday of this week. I was not looking forward to it. Two 45-minute MRIs. Monday was the day that Harden was going to make his debut in New York, the beard on Broadway. Going to New York, we're going to see James Harden on in Los Angeles Clipper jersey for the first time. So when you have MRIs, 45-minute MRIs, when they bury you alive, when they put you into <laughs> lower you into the tomb they call the MRI, and they put the Hannibal Lecter mask over your face and tell you not to move for 45 minutes, don't scratch, don't fart, don't do anything. Just be present, be still. Or this MRI is not going to be right. You have to get into a zone, Drew. Yep. You have to get into a zone. And I'm good at getting into the zone. So I was mentally prepared to do these two MRIs. They're very important to, to figure out the diagnosis for what I'm going through. And I like to, when I get in my zone, I like to get into my happy place, Drew. Okay. I'm really good at getting into my happy place. I'm going to tell you what my process is. I like to start when they lower me into the tomb and put the mask on. 
I like to start, I think about Two Strike Park. It's the park that I grew up at, playing basketball, playing by myself. It was right by my house, my parents' house, my happy place. Then I like to slowly move into New York Park, where all my friends and I would go play basketball. I'm seeing my old friends, past and present, people that have passed away, that I still play with, still talk to today. It's my happy place. Once I get past New York Park, I'm in the clear. And now right when I get past New York Park, I start having this vision, man. I start hearing like Mozart, Beethoven. It's that symphony music, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm seeing Russell Westbrook in slow motion. He's breaking down the primary defender, taking it to the rack, drawing the double team, kick out to Kawhi in the corner, who kicks to PG at the elbow, who takes one pump dribble, kicks it to James Harden for an easy three-point basket bucket. And I'm thinking to myself, Drew, I'm like, Wow, this is going to work. I see Kawhi smiling. I see Zubak thriving. I'm seeing Russell hyping up the crowd. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to work. The music is just going. And I'm, you know, I'm probably like 25 minutes in to my to my MRI. And I'm like, holy shit, this is going to work, right? <laughs> and you know, when you're having an MRI, you got to block, you got the headphones on, you got to block out the loud noises. You don't want that to. I'm not hearing anything, Drew. I'm hearing Beethoven, and I'm just seeing just poetry in motion with the Clippers offense. And I'm probably smiling. Maybe they saw me smiling <laughs> on, my, on my MRI, right, Drew? <laughs> and then right when I'm at the climax, I'm in my spot. I'm in the perfect spot to, to, to ride the rest of this MRI out, Drew. All of a sudden, I hear my own voice tell myself, Clips, are you tripping? Like, are, do you really think that? And I, I start getting in my thoughts. I'm like, what do you mean? And then I start seeing red, Drew. I start seeing red. I start saying to myself, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not the system. I am a system. I'm like, oh, shit. No, 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 no. This can't be. Then I start seeing uh, the ghosts of draft picks past. I'm seeing Michael Olo Candy. I'm like, oh, no, not Michael. Not Michael. Not Michael. And then I start seeing Houston Rockets 2015 blowing that 3-1 lead. And then I go to the bubble and I'm like, oh, shit, not the bubble. And then I'm seeing the 3-1 lead being blown to Denver and, and Denver winning and then the Booker bubble and then Luka killing us. And then I'm like, where the hell is Lou Williams? Why is he at the strip club? And I'm freaking out. And then all I hear, Drew, is the MRI machine. Bang, 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 bang. Just making the huge noises. I'm going crazy. I'm in my brain. I'm like, where is Jerry West? Did Jerry West sign off on this? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then all of a sudden I get pulled out of the MRI. She said, Mr. Rice, you're done. And I looked at my nurse and I said, it's not going to work. <laughs> she's like, what's not going to work? I'm like, where's Jerry West? And she's like, Mr. Rice, I don't know. So, sorry, let me calm down for a second. It was a lot. And I came out of the MRI and I'm thinking to myself, Drew, we've been talking about this for three and a half months. I've been completely adamant about not wanting James Harden on the team. Why am I going to try to convince myself that this is going to this, this is going to work? Right? Everything that we said, no it's only been two games. We're getting killed on the boards. Kawhi doesn't look as happy as he did last week. Russell looks like he's frustrated all because of this move that the Clippers had to make. And I don't understand the infatuation with it. So that is me being dramatic. That is still how I feel right now. I am pressing the panic button hard, man. We need to really get this shit together quick, like really quick. We just lost Mason Plumley, who like never gets hurt. And now yeah. this guy gets hurt for two months and we're in, we're in deep trouble, man. We're in really 
really deep trouble. Am I, am I, is this too much, Drew? Am I, am I being <laughs> too dramatic about this? Because I, I just don't see it. Why would I go back on what I said for three and a half months and think that I can convince myself that this is going to work, Drew? Talk me down from the ledge, please. Uh, okay, so in your, if I'm helping you out right now, uh, I would say time heals all wounds. And that would be what I would say. And I said, you got to give this time, right? It doesn't have to look good today. It doesn't have to look good tomorrow. It has to start looking good in March. Uh, probably all, all Clipper fans would, would hope it looks good before March, obviously. We'd like for it to look good as soon as possible. But first and foremost, I, I feel like you should win, I don't know, some sort of Emmy or, or Peabody for that. Uh, was that good? That, did it, did it work take, out? I, you, took me, you took me on a ride. I was, I was right there with you. I was in the MRI room. Excellent, excellent work there. Uh, we got to nominate you for something for that. Uh, but I will say that I don't know how much of it looking bad lies entirely with James Harden thus far. You know, in his first appearance, the whole Clipper team, and maybe this is pointing to the bigger picture that you're kind of outlining, the whole Clipper team in that New York Knicks game for his first appearance didn't look ready, didn't look fired up, didn't look like they wanted to be out there. And maybe that is a re direct result of the trade. It could be. The fact of the matter is, is that they're not super fired up that James Harden's on the team and that they are a little bummed out that they lost some of those guys that went the other way in, in the trade. And because of that, of course, you know, the headline is always going to be James Harden loses in Clipper debut. And now it's, you know, is 0-2 uh, after the other loss. But looking specifically at that, that Knicks game, uh, Paul George had a, had a really poor offensive night in that game. He only his had 10 first, his first really bad game. This yeah, season. he only had uh, 10 points, was 1 of 6 of 3, 2 of 11 from the floor. Kawhi Leonard, only 18 points, uh, was 2 of 6 and 3, and of course, pretty efficient, 8 of 16 overall in the game, so not terrible there. Uh, James Harden had a pretty tidy first game. I mean, 17 points, he was very efficient, 6 of 9. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had only 2 turnovers. Russell Westbrook had 4, Paul George had 4, Zubak had 5 turnovers in that game, I so I just think... While while the um, a lot of the blame and a lot of the notoriety in the headlines will be James Harden zero and two uh, on this Clippers team, I don't know if it's necessarily his fault, or at least from from his his play being at fault is what I think maybe what I'm trying to get at. Um, the Brooklyn game also, I mean that in the Brooklyn game, there's that highlight where he throws the pass. Like there's there, what if you run it for one minute straight, he makes a, there's a couple really poor decisions in there, culminating with a pass that ended up like beyond the broadcasters, uh, which was terrible. And he had a wide open corner three, didn't take it in that instance. So I'm not here to say that it's uh, that James Harden is uh, uh, playing amazing basketball and that and that somehow these Clippers are losing and, and it has nothing to do. It's not a reflection of his play. I will just say that I don't think it's all on him. Uh, and this is where the Clippers. And, and the guys on the floor really need to come together, right? And I don't know if they've had the opportunity to go to dinner like we've asked them to on the last episode here. They did. They had the opportunity? Did, they do, did. You know, they... do you know what was supposed to, supposedly came out of that? Yeah, they. it's exactly what I asked for, like verbatim. Ty Lue, James, Claw, and and PG. And I think T-Man was in on it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure, but uh -huh. I know those three were definitely – and they sat down and supposedly talked about specific roles and that the chip is the most important thing. I mean, this is literally what we said on the show. The chip is the most important to be focused on. 
legacies are involved here and we need all need to be on the same page and going back on what you just said i think james harden has played well i do i'm mm -hmm. not i'm not saying that I, i'm saying we got rid of the most important pieces that we need which are the guys that play defense because yeah. we got exposed and murdered in the two games without our bigs right yes uh clipper twitter NBA Twitter is roasting Zubak right now. Like literally I've never seen, this is almost as bad as Marcus Morris right now. Like Clipper <laughs> nation wants to dump Zubak so badly. <laughs> right. And you know, I like Zub, but yeah. his hands, his hands have been absolutely awful. And there's this, um, reminds me of DJ cause DJ had really bad hands too, as far as like getting bounce passes and slip passes and all right, that. Yeah. He had to throw, you had to throw it up to DJ, but at had least there was up. You, the, the up was always available with DJ. It's not always available with Zub. Right. Not and the so, same verticality, but these slip passes that PG and, 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 uh, Harden, Harden, Harden loves, a, Harden loves a slip pass and they're beautiful dog. Yeah. Like they are absolutely beautiful. This guy's not catching them. And I wish we would just stop throwing the slip pass because he's not catching them. Clips. Kai Jones is a free agent right now. Stop. Stop, dude. <laughs> That's all we need. That talk about panic button, bro. Talk about panic button. We're the already got a free agent right now, Clips. I don't know why you wouldn't take a stab at him, especially after the Robert William uh, Time Lord injury news as well, with with Plumley being out. Well, do you think Diabate can do any of that? I, I know he's been getting a, a, a few minutes here and there, but where is he at in your head? All right. So here's the deal. He's all we have. Yeah, like this is there is no well, other person. It's Zub and it's him. It's, that's it. That's yeah. it. Right. We can bring in uh, Kobe Brown, which is nice. But like, look, this is the time to get burned, Diabate. Right. Like, this is your one opportunity. The window. It's a window. We have nobody else. And this was the thing that we brought up on the show. Is like, cool. Our next three subs are going to be T Man, Norm, and and it would have been Plumley. Yeah, it would have been like T Man, Norm, and Plumley would have been your guys coming off the bench. Right. And now we don't have that. So. Right. Diabate has to. So th these are here's a few suggestions. I like Zubak, first of all. I've always liked Zubak. I'm not gonna roast him. Okay. Mm -hmm. He he he's our longest tenured clipper. He plays all the fucking time, right? Like literally plays all the time. We know he's he's good around the rim. He's soft hands. He's not he's not a beast, man. His 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 second jump vertical is horrible. He he defends well, but he's not, I mean, he's not freaking joker. Okay. We know we all know this. But like, I don't understand. We need to look at we need to look at Dwight Howard like yesterday. Okay, we need yeah. somebody in here. They mentioned Daniel Tice, right? And I'm like, fine. If Daniel Tice is on the board, we'd have to give up somebody, which is fine to make the nine million dollar room. What about Marvin Bagley? Okay, so th this is where I'm going. This is exactly where I'm going with this. Is then we look at Detroit. Who has a plethora Wiseman. of Wiseman? Wiseman, yeah. who's the Jalen Duran's the next dudes. They're not getting. They're not. No, they're going to keep Jaylen him. Durin. Yeah, they're keeping him. Can you get Beef Stew? What about Beef Stew out of there? I think they love him. I, I, do. I think I they do love him. I, do I don't think he's on the trading block. But even what Cooker Lacing, one of the guys that follows us, that's that's a great dude. He's a Piston fan, uh, and he's like, dude, I'll be, I'll gladly give you Wiseman. And I'm like, let's let's check the ticket on Bagley or Wiseman. Yeah. Right? Yeah, somebody that can fill these roles. Like, is there not one dude in the G League like that? That's a beast or anything. Like, <laughs> does that, is there anybody that can rebound? Why is it like? I, I, it's sad that I keep bringing up Dwight Howard, but it's like we're we're in a predicament right now yep. where we can sign a two a ten day contract. Let's see if this guy's going to work. We know Dwight Howard will at least rebound and block shots. 
That's all we want right now. Um, because we lo- we lose a lot on the defensive end. You brought up the Knicks game and obviously Brooklyn, but murdered second chance points and rebounds. I don't know if it was the lack, it was a mix between lack of effort and the fact we're just not big enough, man. And you had asked last podcast or the podcast before you're like, yo, I need Kawhi and I need PG to be rebounding. And they are, they actually are doing that right now, but it's still not enough. And I just don't think we have the height to really, like we'll see tonight right because we're playing a semi-small team with dallas which we'll talk about in a minute um i just think that the clippers lawrence frank balmer these guys signed off on this for a reason right and there's this they keep talking about let's have the four la guys like it means something really special and i guess it does but i can already see two games into this that this is a completely different team than it was to a week and a half ago i'm seeing russell being pissed off i'm seeing Kawhi not as engaging and and uh pg just being timid pg is normal you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah and i think we're also trying to cater a little bit too much to james harden and i i just i would really like to see somebody be humbled i know you think it's russ i know a lot of other people think it's russ i would just love for James Harden to come off of the bench right now and let, let Kawhi PG cook, let T-Man get on the, we need defense to start the games. Yeah. Let T-Man and Russ uh, lead the troops. And if, if Harden can come be our sixth man off the bench, which he started his career as, which didn't he win six man of the year? This was such a long yeah. time. He yeah, he did. Win. Um, I would love to see him do that again. So I need to see some changes really quick though, Drew, like really quick because I'm seeing chemistry uh, without Jamal Murray in Denver. I already see chemistry with them. I'm seeing Minnesota turn a leaf right now, like turn, turn a leaf and, and buy in and there's chemistry and cohesion. Um, And I just, ah, man, it's hard for me. You know, I, I always try to be super positive, right? I'm trying Mm -hmm. to find the positives in all of this. And he is part of the Clippers now. So, like, I have no other choice but to embrace this and figure out the best way for this to work. And there are, like, when I was saying about the MRI, the beautiful, like, extra pass and having James Harden in the corner, it, it can be something great. Yeah. But also, if there is no defense, and, and, I, and I will say this, dude, and I'm sorry, PJ Tucker, it's not going to, you're not cutting it. It's not going to work. Uh, we We need to package PJ with somebody else to get ourselves a big man. Like, the reason why... You're, they keep Brian Seaman, the announcer of the Clippers, says it every time. Yeah, 697 corner threes, the most in NBA history. Well, if you're not hitting the corner threes, dog, it's this just isn't going to work for us. Yeah, because small ball in the West that might have worked for Houston five years ago, but small ball six six foot seven, six foot six, PJ Tucker, if he's even that, is not going to work against AD, against Joker, against Embiid. It's just not going to happen. So I need to see in the next three days. Like the next three games, some major adjustments, Drew. And now that T-Man's back, which is a good thing. He had a rough first night uh, against Brooklyn. Um, but I'm not bullshitting when I say, like, I am, I'm legit panicked right now. Legit yeah. panicked. Yeah, and I think I think the reason for the panic is because you're you really are limited in whatever options you have now, right? That was the other part of this James Harden trade is, like, you are kind of in a corner. 
And there is some moves that you can make, of course. Can you trade Russell Westbrook? Yeah, you probably could. Can you can you trade Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? You definitely could, right? Like there, you definitely have options, but it feels like the options that you that you would actually entertain are very few. And it would be fringe guys. Like maybe Zubat gets, you know, package Zubat and and uh PJ or something like that and go get a center and another, you know, potential you know, four, like a power four. Miles Turner. Yeah, I mean, we, but Indiana seems to love Miles Turner now. Yeah. So I, who knows if that's even an option anymore. Um, and you're not alone in this, too. There's a lot of teams that are going to be competing for these available bigs that are just free agent bigs, especially, or the ones that might be, uh, you know, on the lower side of a, of a trade. Um, I like the James Wiseman and Bagley, you know, idea. That's something that came to my head, too. I was like, why not go knock on the door? Duran is so good. Why they don't need all the depth that they have. they have so much he's depth. He's a beast, Drew. He's yeah, a beast. Uh, I I think Precious Achua for Toronto is probably a guy that you could knock on the door and maybe get you know some sort of conversation. Although Masai, you know, you never know what he's what what mood he's going to be in and what he's asking for. Um, but it is going to be a problem. the The big man depth is an issue. Uh, the good news is, at least from what I understand, is that. Plumley's not out for the season, which it did look when it happened. I was like, "Oh, that looks like surgery. It looks like it's going to be, you know, he's out for the year." And it seems like it just a hyperextension, a little sprain. It's so two that's, months. Two months is better than twelve, is what I'm yeah. saying. So at least yeah. eventually there is a light at the end of the tunnel, having him return, um, hopefully at 100 percent in two months, maybe even less than that. Who knows if it heals up f- faster than that? Then great. But you need to fill that out. And I do think like the bigger piece, like this is definitely something we got right when we were talking about the like the evaluation of the trade as we as we discuss it time and time again uh, before it happened in the potential realm of things. And then now after it's gone down is the defense. You hit on it. It's terrible. The defense is not good. It, and, and that affects I mean, obviously, the rebounding comes into play when you give up second chance points. That's not great for you. Uh, but I also think like it's a it's a combo. Um, you're getting worn out on the defensive end. You're not scoring enough points on the offensive end. And some, uh, you know, one of the easiest ways to help your defense is to score a bucket so that you have that extra second to get back on defense, set your defense <laughs> and, and, and go after it. And you're not making a lot of, a lot of shots at the moment. Uh, the Clippers are not, I mean, 93 points in the last one. And, um, I do think it's, it's basketball is an interesting game where, where both sides really f- can feed into each other. The, the more common, known one is that defense feeds the offense and of course that is true but for this team that's kind of not happening because the defense isn't there i think there is an opportunity for the offense to feed the defense a bit by giving yourself more time to hopefully come up with sets maybe tyloo can implement a couple different looks to make it more confusing for the offense what i mean by that is like different zones that they can throw in at random times to help ease the um the burden of man-to-man defense on james harden and russell westbrook but truthfully, that may be the biggest problem. It, it may be the most obvious aspect of what we've discussed this whole time. And I don't see that changing, right? And based on the personnel, uh, the only way I think it changes is by not having James Harden and Russell Westbrook on the floor together. So whoever it is that needs to be moved to the bench, it has to happen. I just think it will be Russ that moves to the bench and not James Harden. But Terrence Mann can only do so much. But at least with Terrence in there regardless of who's opposite of him Harden or Westbrook you have three formidable defenders in in T-Man Paul George Kawhi Leonard and Zub is not bad Zub is not a bad defender he's not a great rim protector or anything like that but he's a seven footer 
and he knows to be in the right spots and he's a pretty good rebounder. So he's like pretty crucial to any success that you're going to have. It's got to go through him at the moment and they got to figure out the defensive end. I just, I, there's no way I don't want Russell Westbrook starting. I know this sounds crazy, but like, why does he have to go to the bench? That's what I'm saying. Like this guy sets the tone for us. This guy sacrificed a lot to be with us. Look, up until James Harden came here, the Clippers, Russ, PG, Kawhi, were the number one trio in the NBA. The number one, two, and three, one and two combos were were all Clippers. It was Russ, Kawhi, Kawhi, PG, uh, Russ, PG, Russ, Kawhi. Like all the statistical categories were perfect going into um, what we're at right now. And I know I'm panicking. I know I I just know basketball and I know my team and I'm reading vibes and I just it's not the same as it was. So even a couple people are even bringing up like, look, dude, and, and this is true. Ty Lu is the one that has to reel this in. Yep. Right. It's I understand the egos and all this shit, but you need to really look, watch the game tape and just be like, oh, shit. OK, Harden should be coming off the bench. That's what we're doing. And you're going to do it, Harden, because I'm the coach. Right. Yeah, that's what we need to do. I just think there's you in order for the Clippers to be successful and win basketball games. We have to get PG and Kawhi going early. We need Russ to be uh, motivated and hyped on both ends of the floor. Make sure Kawhi and PG get their buckets. I think that going off of that, like the last game that we had before was the Laker Clipper match that we didn't get to talk about yet. Big win for the Lakers. It took we, we clawed the shit out of that game. We probably shouldn't have won it. We won in overtime. It worked out really well for us. A shout out to Austin Reeves. Well, perhaps the maybe it could be the best moment of the season that he's ever going to have based on how poorly he's playing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Kawhi immediately in that game again, no, no James Harden in this game, but immediately went to work and was like on fire first quarter. He, I think he had like 14 16. points. Yeah, 16. It was, it was so high. fast, so efficient. He was nailing everything. And I was like, that's you know. I, I was rooting for the Lakers, but I'm like, that's what that's what the Clippers need out of Kawhi, right? Like, yeah. feed him early, get him going, and then he can feel out the rest of the game and attack when he needs to. Uh, and you got out to a great lead that way. Again, you know, uh, it worked out great for us. You guys started bricking every shot you took in that second half and gave us an opening. Um, we were able to take it. But that is, like, since then, right, we've only, again, it's a small sample size, but since then there has been no featuring of Kawhi in that same fashion that I have seen. Uh, or Paul George, for that matter. Uh, the offense, I truly think, will work its way out. I think that you know they are good offensive players, including James Harden. I think his passing has always been underrated, and it will be on display offensively for this. But I just don't know if if it will be enough, right? Like the whole mantra of this team for the Clippers after this trade, and I believe the Bucks as well, is like we're just going to score more, right? The defense is what it is. We're going to score more. That and the scoring is is. Not happening for either of those teams right now. But again, as I started, time heals all wounds. So give it some time. You can panic, <laughs> but the good panic. news is that the season is long. <laughs> Maybe that's so, not good news. <laughs> so panic at the crypto doesn't necessarily just mean the Clippers, though, Drew. If you had a red yeah. panic button, things aren't going well on the other end of the hall either no. for the Lakers. Yeah. So, you know, I thought I'd you know, ask you if you I feel I feel like I'm not panicking. It's it's almost I, this is a, a great way for me to say this. I think it's like you hear the fire alarms going off next door and you're like, oh, that's probably a fire. Like there's something going on. That's not good. And it's really close. So I'm like a little nervous. 
I'm like pretty like aware of it, but at the same time, I'm maybe a naive uh, and not panicking about it is what it feels like. The Clippers are on fire over here. They're very close to the Lakers locker room. We can feel the heat. The panic is upon us. We are not out of the realm. We're even worse in record than the Clippers are. We're back down in 12th home, sweet home for the Lakers in the beginning of these seasons. Now the lucky number for you guys, the best seed for us to be in apparently is the 12 seed uh, as we start, but I'm not panicking because we do not have a full roster and, and it's, it's an excuse, but it is a valid one. <laughs> we are missing a huge chunk of our depth for our wings. And Austin Reeves is still playing like dookie booty. So it's a combo where uh, one, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, and Torian Prince all have some sort of ailment. Concussion for Rui. Torian's got like a, a, a ankle or something. Like they're all out, right? We haven't been able to play with those three guys. And, th- and those are very important three guys for us because those three guys really can dictate the rest of the rotation. All three of them play alongside Braun and Anthony Davis at one time or another and spell those guys give them opportunities to rest. Uh, so defensively, those three guys are also fantastic. I mean, it can be. Jared especially is is very, very good. Tony Prince, a very good defender. And Rui, you know, can pick his moments. Uh, so we're missing a lot of, of that. And we're asking a lot of LeBron and Anthony Davis. And it's, it's you know, it's incredible how over the years it's been – either LeBron or Anthony Davis in these situations that's out. And we're like, oh shit, you know, I guess, you know, what are we going to do? LeBron or Anthony Davis. And right now we have a very elusive moment for the Lakers where both LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy together playing pretty well. <laughs> and the rest of the team is injured. And you're just like, of course, right. That's just how it's going to go. Um, so I'm not panicking because we just don't have a full squad. And when we have them all back, hopefully everyone will stay healthy for at least a little bit. Then we'll have some some time to go, okay, what's going right? What's going wrong? But for right now, what's going wrong is it's just pretty simply a lack of scoring. Outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, there are very, very few guys really pitching in with the points per game at the moment. D'Angelo Russell, I think, is doing quite well offensively. He's trying pretty well. I think, you know, commendable on defense. Uh, still makes the odd poor decision, but really seems energized this season. Uh, so I, I do want to, you know, kind of tip the cap in his direction because I don't think it's his fault what's going wrong here. I do think a lot of it, unfortunately, with those injuries and then Austin Reeves really just not looking the same. Uh, I can't quite put a finger on it. He looks lighter to me. And I don't know, you know, I we always assume that a trip with Team USA in the summer is the best possible. It can only be the best possible thing for a guy. I don't know how good that was for Austin Reeves. Maybe it made him feel like uh, he didn't have to work as hard, right? He's already playing for Team USA and is going to be in his third year, just completed two years. He's got a nice contract thrown his way. I All he talks about is golf, and we've seen a lot of golf coverage. Uh, all of that shit is fine if you still are producing on the on the court, right? Nobody gives a shit about how much Steph Curry talks or plays golf because he still puts up 30 points a night and looks fantastic on the court. It starts to creep into the realm of, consciousness for someone like myself when i go well how much time are you spending on the golf course how much time are you spending in the gym and why i say gym that includes weight room homeboy and i don't think he's seen a weight i can't even see a tricep muscle on on him like where where did the muscles go we needed you to add 10 pounds not lose five which again looks like he did uh i think he will eventually figure this out but i think he's in a in a bad way right now uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his, so it's okay for me to come down on him hard when he's not doing well, because I cheer him very hard when he's doing well. So I, it's, it goes both ways, 
But more than that, with our lack of depth, Gabe Vincent is also not the guy that I remember seeing on the court. That that guy is not there either, right? And so even when we come back fully healthy, I still am very nervous about where the bench scoring is coming from. Maybe it can be Hachimura. Maybe it can be Vincent. It probably should be those two guys. But I can't rely on those guys right now. None of them seem raring to go. And, and Hachimura did have the weird concussion, so maybe he'll pr- prove me wrong soon. But we don't have Malik Monk, right? We don't have Dennis Schroeder. We don't have these guys that are like kind of known for stepping up and bringing some scoring with the second unit. And that makes me nervous. And lastly, I'll close with this. We still didn't get, we didn't get Seth Curry, right? We didn't go and get these, you know, incredible shooters. Cam Reddish, I think is doing fantastic in, in the opportunities given to him. He's not an amazing player yet, but I really like his effort. I think he's a sneaky defensive player long as shit blocks a lot of shots that you go like wait how did he get to that he's playing well he's shooting well outside of him we do not have a three-point shooter <laughs> on this team uh like a dead in the wool three-point shooter and even cam reddish isn't dead in the wool three-point shooter but we're last in three-point percentage again once again and we're last or second to last in makes so there is a lot going wrong. Maybe I maybe I should be panicking. I, the, the fire is now at on my building. I think clips. I'm I am I talk myself into a panic. Um, Welcome I, to the party, Drew. I, I, Welcome I to the party, buddy. I digress. Give me full health, and then we'll go from there. I think we have a solid base. I've said that a lot. I think our team is good when we have all available members able to play. Uh, but it's not looking good right now. I'll tell you that much. And. Uh, I don't think it's a system problem. I think it's just time heals all wounds. Maybe that, that, that that's the subtitle for this one. You got panic at the crypto and then in parentheses, time heals all wounds. Uh, you know, you failed to mention in that in that description, the Houston game, right? The Houston, I even texted you the other night. I'm like, yo, is, is the Clippers getting blown out by Brooklyn or are you guys getting blown out by Houston? Which one's worse? And going back on what you had just said about Austin Reeves, I think you're totally correct with most of the time when people get chosen to play for USA, you come home with something real valuable, especially like all the players you've been playing with. Unfortunately for Austin Reeves, what he comes home with is a target on his back now because guys like Jalen Green, when you have a coach like Ime, who before the game goes up to Jalen Green and says, hey, bro, you know, this guy's the one that made the USA team over you, you know, to to light a fire under your ass. And then Jalen Green comes out and just in dogs you the whole game. Um, that's what you have. I think there's a lot of people that are envious and they should be envious about Austin Reeves. You're playing in Lake in Lakerland with LeBron and AD and you had a really great, it reminds me a lot of Jordan Poole. Like Jordan Poole came out of nowhere, right? And there was just this crazy offensive score, you know, playing with Steph and doing all this crazy stuff. And then what happens is people, now people are starting to pay a little more attention to you, right? And nobody wants to get cooked by Austin Reeves. Jalen Green doesn't, definitely doesn't want to be cooked by Austin Reeves. So, and look, I like Houston. I like Houston a lot. I, I really, I think Dylan is still so extra. Talk about being dramatic and extra. But like, le- they legit put an ass whooping on the Lakers at home that game. They did. So, they did. So, if anything, I think Austin has a target on his back, which should like you said, get him in the weight room more and figure out like, how am I going to be better? How am I going to get better? Because people are looking at Austin Reeves. Now he's in the game notes. You know what I mean? He's on the whiteboard when, when coaches are are prepping for this game. Yeah. Dude, preseason preseason. I'm pretty sure Kendrick Perkins said that the big three of LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves is up there in the top five. They, they included him in a big three. 
And I, you can only hear that so many times and not let it go to your head. You know, right. and I, I sympathize with that. I do. I sympathize with that with him. But, you know, I mean, shit, man, look in the mirror right now. Right. Because you are not you're not doing what you were doing last year. It is not happening. Uh, he's not as physical. He seems almost tentative at times. He still makes his normal moves. And I still think he reads the game well. It's not like he completely lost it. But there's just that piece is missing right now. And I, I don't know where it went. And uh, hopefully he can locate it somewhere. So can we just both agree that you're slightly, you're pushing a soft panic? I have an excuse to not panic. You don't really have an excuse. I yes, have, I do. My front office of is excuse. trying to kill me. You have less of an excuse than 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 I. So that's what I'm leaning on for not pushing the panic button. And also, look, dude, I mean, like, I, I hate to do this, but last year, it, it's not worse than it was last year. And we ended up in an all right position. So I think, you know, that also is in the back of my head. It's like, that's fair. I mean, we were dog shit beginning of last year and and made it to the western conference finals so i would hate to repeat that i really would i would prefer to not repeat that but you know is what it is early days i had a funny message from our extended family jeremy drew and i promised him that i would bring this up on the show so drew could explain this a little better you know what's crazy this in-season tournament actually before we get into the message let's talk about the courts really fast because you and I had a conversation the other day yeah. about it, and yeah. I absolutely love them. Like, I love the courts. You weren't such a big fan of it. and I hate it. I You hate it. I love it. And the reason why I love it, I just want to bring this up. I think it's different. This is something we asked for when, when this whole in-season tournament was coming about. Um, you know, there may be different jerseys, different floors, different music, different halftime show. I don't know. Um but all the floors I love and you, you and I were having a conversation about it and you asked why I love it. And I'm like, look for the, the casual fan that doesn't necessarily know what the in-season tournament is. You know, when you're watching this game and you see this crazy court, you know that it's going to click and be like, Oh, this is a tournament game. And that's what you do in branding, right? Like, like, you know, when you see a Basquiat painting, right? Like that's a Basquiat. You remember how like, in the early 2000s, you knew when you saw a Hype Williams video without even knowing it's his video. You're like, that's a Hype Williams video. So for the NBA, it's just really good branding to me. If we're going through the TV tonight and I see a crazy-ass floor, that means that this game means something for the in-season tournament. Now, this is where the question comes in, and it made me giggle. It made me giggle, dude. So our boy Jeremy, shout-out to Jeremy, he sends me a DM, and he's like, can we get an in-depth Clips and Drew explanation of how the fuck <laughs> of how the fuck the in-season tournament works? I asked Jeff Crompton and he doesn't understand and neither does his dad. I also got lost in the first explanation I got from your podcast. So slow it down for the idiots in the back like me. All right. <laughs> and I started laughing. Shout out to Jeremy. Shout, shout, out, shout out Jeremy. Jeremy. And before we slow it down for you, Jeremy. The thing it made me like Adam Silver wanted this to happen so bad. So bad. It made it happen. And the funny part is, is that even the players don't understand the tournament. Like they don't get it. It hasn't been explained properly to them or they just don't care. Yeah. But they, you know, they asked Bones Highland after the game the other night. He's like, to be honest with y'all, like, I don't, I don't even know. It's just Doesn't, a game. Yeah. It's not clicking they, for him. Yeah, and I think they asked Dame too, and Dame's like, I I literally don't even know what's going on. So, Adam Silver didn't either. Nobody got the memo, or he didn't explain this right for everybody. So, 
Drew is going to put it in the most simplest, <laughs> casual basketball terms yeah. for you right now, Jeremy. Uh, okay. The easiest way for me to explain this is that there is no tournament. This is as simple as it goes. And and I know that's so counter to everything that you just went through. There clearly is a tournament going on. But for all intents and purposes, there is no tournament happening right now because all of these games are regular season games. When you see the special floor, oh, look at the floor. It's different now. This means more. When you see that shit, you know the game also counts because it is a regular season game. It also counts towards the round robin for the in-season tournament. So let me back up a step. Every single team, all 30 teams, are in groups, six groups of five. Within those groups, what you can look on the NBA app and you can go through them. Uh, you can see there's like group A, B, C, D, all these different groups. So to go through the, the first example of this was the very first in-season tournament game on national television was the Milwaukee Bucks and the New York Knicks. They are in a group together. The other three teams are the Miami Heat, the Washington Wizards, and the Charlotte Hornets. Okay? Uh, those five teams will all play each other once. The reason I say that there's not a tournament is because there isn't actually anything different about these games other than the floor and other than they count within this pool of teams that you're playing against. The tournament actually starts once we get into the knockout rounds. Again, those games will also still be regular season games. But that means there's going to be a single uh, game elimination when you get into the knockout stages. So, for instance, let's just say Milwaukee makes it out of this group. The next game that they play will be an elimination game for the in-season tournament while still remaining a regular season game, still counting towards the 82-game schedule that determines the playoff seeding. Now, they continue on from there, and then they eventually go to Las Vegas. If you keep winning, you go to Las Vegas, you play in Las Vegas. That's really when it will start to feel like a tournament. It's going to be a neutral court. The semifinals and the finals will be taking place in Las Vegas. December and 7th. That's right. 7th and 9th, I believe, is the is the, the finals. And so you make it all the way to the semifinals. You go to Vegas. Uh, there's four teams there. They go through the semifinals, and then eventually there's two teams standing for the finals. And that game is the only game out of all of this NC quote unquote in season tournament that does not count towards your 82 game regular season total. So those two teams, let's say it's the Bucks and the Lakers, just to, just to get it out there, uh, those two teams will play 83 total games before the playoffs start. The rest of the league all just still plays 82 games. Goes about it with their business, which is why someone like Bones Highland goes, I don't know. I don't care. It's a game. We're playing a game. It doesn't actually matter more than a win or a loss does in a regular season. Now, the NBA, along with very, very much along with ESPN, is pushing this like it means a lot. It's put, They're pushing it so in your face every single time they went to a commercial they went to a sideline reporter they were trying to grind and rile up these stories about how it means more to the players how it means more to the coaches it means more to the fans because there's a trophy involved all of that is horseshit and bullshit right now and they're just saying it so that people go oh i guess this does mean maybe this does mean more uh it does not so jeremy to answer your question plain and simple all you need to know 
is that when you see one of these crazy courts that doesn't look like a normal basketball court, it's got big old colors all over the place, that technically is a in-season round-robin game that's going on right now within a group, a group game. And then we will get into the to the to the to the knockout rounds but even those will still take place at the home team's court and it'll have the crazy in-season tournament court so it's just the easiest way to identify in-season tournament is to look at the court which is why it goes back to your branding thing it does make sense in that regard it does make sense to make the court change because you go oh cool all right now i know this one actually counts towards that group thing that i'm still trying to wrap my head around what it means uh, and I understand why they did that. I don't like the look of the courts. I think it's just off-putting. I think the courts' colors are really tough to to look at for that long when you have bright, vibrant reds and blues and a big old yellow stripe running through them. I think, you know, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't look great. I say all this to say that I don't think this is going to work very well about, like, drumming up excitement because while ESPN did their best to to pull from different things to say, like, oh, look, this means more because they, there was a clip of, of Steph Curry running down the hall that, that Adam Silver must have paid him a hundred grand for. He goes like, this isn't just a ro- norm- normal game. He says Steph running out on the court for the first time for the in-season tournament. He goes, this is an in-season tournament game. And then he runs out there. It's like, okay, cool. Steph, excellent job. You did you did a great job. Adam Silver will shake your hand. He'll give you that check in the mail tomorrow to make sure that you know you said it, it means more. Meanwhile, the game ended like 141 to 143 or some shit. It was like 149 to 147. So clearly the game didn't mean that much because the defense was not available at all during that game, the Oklahoma City Thunder against the the Golden State Warrior game, which was Steph's first appearance in the in-season tournament. So look, do you should you care more about these games? Right now, probably not. You shouldn't. You should just keep these going. It's like, oh, cool, another regular season game. When you get into the knockout rounds... That's when it will feel, I think, potentially a little bit more like a playoff atmosphere. It will feel a little bit more like a tournament game, uh, but probably not too dissimilar than all the regular season games you've seen in the past. So I don't know. Was that dumb enough? Do, do, do you have any questions, clips for me to, to make it? I, I don't because I understood it from the beginning. Right. You know, like I get it. Um, Again, I like Adam Silver. Adam Silver is super progressive. He took a, an idea and he's going with it and trying to be different and I, I like it. I like a different look of the court. I think they can get real crazy with it uh, if they want to. You know, you you did fail to mention that, like, the winner of the tournament. Yeah. All the players are going to get 500 racks, and that's a lot of money, and that's great. Yep. Coaches, um, the coaches also get a chunk now. They, they announce the coaches get a bonus, the players get a bonus, and then, of course, you get a trophy. So yeah, and I think, the, the and I think this, is of the, it. this is the preliminary of it, too. If you can find a way to, like, make – make it so the fans get something out of it, you know, so the fans can get a little more into it. Like Clippers are playing their first one tonight. We got Dallas tonight. It's our, it's our tournament game. It's our first one against Dallas. They are in our group. And honestly, when I was thinking about the game today, that's what I was saying. I'm like, Oh shit, we play Dallas. It's a tournament game tonight. Maybe it's just diehard nerds like us are the ones that like are thinking about it as a tournament game. Do I think Kawhi and PG woke up this morning and said, ah, we got a tournament game tonight. Probably not. No chance. So, no chance. Well, Kawhi, yeah. Kawhi doesn't wake up caring about There's anything. There's no chance that any player truthfully looks at this game any different. I think there is a chance, like I'm saying, once we get into the actual tournament kind of feel to this, mm. where you have an elimination, you have an advancement, uh, you know, based on one game, 
the the hope is by the time we get to Vegas that both teams are going to be fired up for the opportunity to win something. And then that will elicit emotion from them. Because truthfully, the funniest part of this all is to make the players play like they desire to play like it is like a trophy is on the line, which is fucking crazy because there's already a trophy on the line. Right. Like it's just it, the it's real so, trophy. Huh? The real trophy. Yeah. The the yeah. the the, the O'Brien, baby. The the one that matters. Right. Uh, and so it's just so funny that Adam Silver has this problem with NBA players not being able to play or not playing hard enough, not giving a fuck about regular season games. And he goes, oh, well, I'll just dangle another trophy in front of him and that will do it. That'll that'll fix the problem. And right now it certainly hasn't. But clips, I actually I'm, I'm going to dip into conspiracy clips realm right now. Ooh, I like and, this. And I'm going to follow up with the fact that I think. Watching the coverage of ESPN and how much they're pushing this in-season tournament and how much a, a deal they're trying to make out of it has convinced me that the ESPN firing of Jeff Van Gundy was a direct request from Adam Silver. Because you know who would be harping on this shit and saying, what the fuck are we doing with the courts? What are we doing with this Van garbage? Gundy. It's Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy would have derailed this from day one and Adam Silver was not going to have it. So I'm going all the way in. ESPN and the NBA are in a deep, deep partnership for this tournament. They desperately want it to work. And ESPN wants the revenue. They want the TV viewership. They want all of the good stuff that's supposed to be coming from this sort of tournament feel. And, of course, the NBA all wants that as well. But they could not and would not stand for Jeff Van Gundy poking logical holes into this pre pretty strange arrangement that they have here where the games are just the games, but they're called a different thing in every other sport where there's simultaneous competitions like this, those games happen outside of the existence of the real games in the domestic league situation in soccer, which is really where they stole this idea. When you watch a soccer game, you know that if Liverpool, my favorite team, that's a premier league game. I'm playing against a premier league opponent. It matters for the premier league championship. When I'm playing an FA Cup game, that does not count towards the 38-game regular season that we have going on here. That is another game that we're playing in a separate competition with other teams. Uh, the the grass is still green, believe it or not, when they do that in soccer. Uh, but, you know, you get the idea. Um, I still very much feel like this is going to be a flop. I don't think it's going to work the way that they want it to. I, I hope to be proven wrong, because if I'm proven wrong, that means the players actually do care about this more than they're letting on at the moment or they're showing at the moment. And it means we're going to get some good games because that's all it is. All we're hoping for is really good games out of this. And so if that happens, I'll be a happy camper and I'll be wrong and I'll be happy. I think you're spot on with the Jeff Van Gundy call, because I can just hear him announcing a tournament game and seeing that court and then him just ripping it the whole yep. the whole game throughout the whole, the whole time. Game. The whole and, time, you know, Silver's trying to package, you know, to wrap the NBA up and package his TV deal that's coming that's going to be worth billions and billions to 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 either Amazon or Apple or whoever ends up buying it. But uh, I think you're I think you're spot on with that. Hey, Drew, do me a favor and we got to take a trip around the NBA right quick. I know we want to you wanted to check in on a couple of the teams that we brought up uh, before we started the season. Uh, we had questions and concerns about. And I know you wanted to touch back and uh, kind of give us a, a rundown on on what we're dealing with here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, mostly what I wanted to do today is review the teams that we were all talking about in the buildup to this season, right? We've had 
Most of them have had seven, maybe eight games played. And I want to cover the teams that have made all the moves that were we were we were pontificating about what it would look like. How does it look? And and oh. let's take a look at, at how it looks, right? Let's take a look right now, starting at the top of the East, the number one seed with no James Harden is the Philadelphia 76ers. Six and one. Driving. Six and one, looking great. And B looking great. Maxi looking good. Everyone else pitching in, doing their job. I think Rocco's gotten some minutes already out there. I'm pretty sure. Uh... Of course he has. <laughs> of course Rocco got minutes. Why wouldn't he? Tyloo doesn't want. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Go. Continue. Go. The acquisition of Ubre seems to be like a, a decent addition there. Um, Ubre's a freaking all star, Drew. The guy's <laughs> turning into an all star. What the hell? Sorry. Go ahead. It, and and that was something that I very much was was nervous about for them after they got rid of Harden. Where is the production going to come from? Right now, it's working out great. And Daryl Morey seems like a genius. Uh, I don't. I still firmly believe that they're going to be in the market for uh, more of additions in, in in the form of a, a, a point guard or a shooting guard or a two two kind of a two way guard. They're going to try and acquire one more guy. But right now, they don't need to. Everything's working pretty good for them. Uh, they are on a six-game winning streak. That's right. You heard that right. Six games. Uh, they lost their opener to Milwaukee and then have ripped off six in a row. Uh, but do you think Maury, do you think Maury would take PJ back and just give me Nico Batum back? Can just for the hell of it, can you just take PJ and give us Nico back? I just I for me, I keep going back to like you should have just kept KJ. Like the whole deal except KJ kind of works fine for both. No, right? but then then that's our twelfth guard on the team. It's still not going to give us. It's still no defense. No, KJ team. Martin is a is a. He's not a guard. Whatever. He's like a four. Yeah, he's a four. I mean, he no. certainly doesn't dribble the ball very like a guard. But okay, so that's the first one I wanted to talk about. A lot of you know back and forth the whole summer. No James Harden. How does it look? It looks pretty fucking good. And maybe that's the telltale sign uh, for the Clippers. Uh, hopefully it's not, but it could be. <sighs> Next on the list. The Boston Celtics sitting in the two seed currently at five and two. Thriving. They've lost two in a row. Um, and, you know, that's not great. But they look good with their new additions. Porzingis fitting in well. Drew Holiday, it's like he's been there for five years already. I, I He's pretty seamless. The uh, seamless fit, man. Seamless. Super, <laughs> you said it right. Fit. Yeah. Uh, so they're looking good. And they're actually kind of, to me, they're kind of meeting expectations after that Drew Holiday trade. I do think... Uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough to beat Boston. Um, certainly, I think as the season goes on, as long as Tatum uh, stays healthy and, you know, maybe Jalen Brown keeps working on that left. Keep working on that left, baby. Hey, he uh, caught Gobert. He caught Gobert ooh, nasty the other night, though. He really did. I think he also, like, need him in the ball. It was like a double whammy. He, I think he might have dunked on him and kicked him in the balls simultaneously. There's, some, there's something so satisfying with seeing Gobert get banged on. Like, it's... <laughs> It just makes you happy, right? And Dude, I mean I that's no... how that's how we all felt about Sean Bradley. I mean, it was like it put the biggest smile on your face to watch a Sean Bradley basketball game because you know he's going to get yammed on at least once. It just it's something so satisfying. Anyways. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, the other team, obviously, that in in conjunction, you can't talk about Drew Holiday without bringing up the team that he left in the Milwaukee Bucks after their uh, you know acquisition of Damian Lillard. They are five and three. They're sitting in the five seed right now. And this team right here, I think, has the biggest, you know, concern for me of the of the ones I've listed thus far. Philly, Boston looking good. Everything seems to be fitting in pretty well there. And and Philly on the rise could even improve their their uh their standings and, and their roster moving forward. So they they gotta be feeling pretty good. 
Milwaukee at five and three doesn't need to be hitting the panic button by any means. But there is something that I that they definitely need to work on, and it's on the offensive end. Obviously, the defense is a problem, right? Defense is a problem for them. It will continue to be because Damian Lillard is not a good defensive player, and they lost a substantial amount of defensive presence. But the offensive side to me, Clips, is, is where I want to focus on. And I think it's really strange how Damian, Damian Lillard and, and Giannis cannot quite figure out the pick and roll. The reason it's it's confusing to me is because it's it's such a simple play that's ingrained from going back to elementary school, going back to middle school, growing up in the game. Maybe the first play you ever learn might be a pick and roll. It might be the very first play that you learn offensively how to do other than the triple threat position. Once you get past that, you go, OK, let's do a pick and roll. And yet they can't quite seem to figure it out between the two of them, two of some of the best players that we have in the world can't seem to, to get on the same page with the pick and roll time and time again dame is not coming off that screen like looking to really attack the rim and Giannis often doesn't roll in the manner that he needs to roll show big and get to the hoop and dive hard and, and then dame can dump it to him for a for a lob they don't even really have the delayed version of that which is where Giannis holds dame acts like he's going to go hard to the rim takes a little step back and then finds the delayed alley-oop option to Giannis. Oftentimes what's happening is Dame's kind of coming off that screen casually, maybe looking for the three, not looking to attack the paint, but looking for the three. And then them closing out, it's not there. And Giannis is popping as opposed to rolling. So I think they will work it out. But it's been a little surprising that they haven't like immediately clicked on that, something that's so essential to the game of basketball. Do you have any take on that? Have you noticed that too? I think, no, I do, because we we had mentioned that like once they figure out the pick and roll, once they finally get that down to a science they're going to be like deadly but i think as far as the offensive side goes is you know they're finally getting middleton back right and you have to ha- include middleton like middleton is now your number three he was nice the other night like figure out a way to really ut- utilize um chris middleton but like you you'd expect with Giannis and lopez and portis like these guys should have a better defense defensive end Giannis getting kicked out the other night was some bullshit though i will say that like that was a that was a little random to me and uh unnecessary right yeah. do you would do you think that was necessary at all no not no. at all i and i think his like the way that he handled it was hilarious and also like right right pretty spot on for for the call and then dropped 54 the following night in an l which was last night right that was last yep. night yep. yeah uh in and an so, l when Giannis is dropping 54 and you're losing there's yeah. something there's something wrong something exactly. wrong is going on there exactly yeah and and look you know of course offensively you can have off nights right dame's not going to be lights on the whole season every single game same thing with Giannis. but in those games when that's happening that's when you really need to rely on that defense right because if the shots aren't falling oh shit we really need to rebound here we got to we got to get a stop we got to rebound we got to get out try and get easy buckets right and Giannis is always Giannis is always good for easy buckets. But the fix for me, Clips, at least in the in the meantime, is uh, I it, first Dame doesn't do a whole lot of pick and roll. Portland all the time they just clear out and let him do his thing. You know, every once in a while Nurk would come up real high. They'd get him going really really high pick and roll way out from the from the top of the key, and then he can you know a little bit come downhill. But he likes to come off that screen and ready to pop more than he likes to actually get to the basket. Uh, I think they should do this with Brook Lopez. And not Giannis. While they still work on the Giannis pick and roll, but Brooke, if you want to do the pick and pop thing, it's perfect. 
It's he's perfect. Per- he's for, made for the pick and pop. It's what he does now. He turned himself into pick and pop. That's it, that's his <laughs> game now. Pick so that's the that's the fix. And 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 put Giannis in the dunker spot opposite action of the screen, right? So if Giannis, uh, Giannis under the basket, waiting for the screen to happen, seeing which side Dame decides to come off of. If he comes off on the right side, Giannis moves to the opposite side of the key, and then when eventually the the trap comes. Dame has two, really two, no, three choices. He can shoot it, of course. He can throw that little lob to the dunker spot opposite rim for Giannis to slam that home, and most guys are not going to stop that from happening. And then third, of course, is if everything collapses, you have Brook Lopez wide open from the top of the key. That needs to be implemented more, and it needs to be implemented immediately. I'm very nervous that Adrian Griffin is being uh, kind of dragged around here. He's listening too much to these guys, giving too much respect to these players that are on the court, I think he needs to start implementing shit. And coaching, and you mean coaching? Coaching, yeah. Right. <laughs> and implementing stuff, and then and then like kind of demanding that it happens in a certain way. Uh, so we'll see if all of that happens. Of course, we assume, like I said, Dame and Giannis will figure out how to play together. It'll just be a little bit of time. But in the meantime, I think that pick and pop could unlock everything that you need. Um, just generally, are you are you? all right with where the bucks are right now or do you think there's there's some serious cause for worry for them i don't think so at all i think you know the the three teams you mentioned really quick you mentioned philly first and we had asked uh in one of our last podcasts i all i said was i wanted to unleash maxi this guy's ready to go it's obvious this guy is the right choice to be there there's so much more freedom with him right now and it's working and like you said everybody's clicking on that team they got a bunch of role role players that know what the hell they're doing and I think Philly is going to be just fine. Maxie's been great. Then you went to Boston and you were spot on. Seamless, seamless acquisitions in Drew and Porzingis. Now, Drew, I think you could throw in on any freaking NBA team yeah. and fit into any system and do exactly what he's supposed to do. Um, but I still think that this is the year of Tatum. This is the Tatum MVP year. This guy looks like he's just, I mean, he's firing on all cylinders. I love it. Boston is scary as hell with all the, with all the depth that they have. Yeah. Now to the bucks. I agree, man. I just think that this is going to take time. Dame has never had a player like Giannis. Giannis has never had a player like Dame, but I think you were 100% correct with coaches need to coach, right? You guys got to figure this out. Because there is something like if you figure out this pick and roll and even how you just said it, let's run it with Brooke Lopez. The pick and pop is perfect for him. Dunker spot for for Giannis. Figure it doesn't have to be Giannis and Dame, but Dame's never had this before. So it's something new for him. Now, maybe playing a couple months, maybe getting 25 games under the belt, they're going to start figuring it out. These guys are too good, too elite to not figure it out. So Mm -hmm. if I'm a Bucs fan, I'm not nervous at all. I think they're going to figure it out, and I think they do need to pick up. They might be looking at the trade deadline too, like what's going on. We might need to pick up a couple more dogs over here. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think there's no panic. Definitely no panic button for for the Bucks. And again, though, dude, it's 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 championship or bust for the yeah. Bucks. So you have to figure this out. Uh, exactly. And it's yeah. not it's not like they're zero and six, man. You know what I mean? They're not, it's, no, yeah, five and three. They're yeah, five and three. Fine. Uh, it just hasn't looked as clean as you would hope. And that's kind right. of that's generally what I'm saying. I, and offensively is mostly what I'm talking about. Defense mm-hmm. is going to be a problem for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. That's the East. A couple teams in the West I, I have to talk uh, about because, again, we're, we're touching on the teams that made the moves in the offseason, checking in to see how they actually did, how these moves panned out. 
And I'm going to start with the Suns here in, in the Western Conference. And so far, it is not looking fantastic for them. Bradley Beal finally gets his first appearance uh, for them, but it was still an overtime victory against the, the Chicago Bulls in a very, very close game. Uh, blow it they, up, Bulls. They got to blow it up, dog. Sorry. But the Phoenix Suns are 4-4 four and four this year thus far. Had uh, a pretty... Pretty bad loss to Victor Wembanyama <laughs> and and the Spurs, where Wembo looked incredible, kind of really put his stamp on his rookie season right there in that game. Thirty eight points, ten boards for him, which was awesome, awesome to game. see. What a game! Uh, incredible, incredible performance, and it's it's really cool to see him and Kevin Durant on the court at the same time because it just it really kind of puts into perspective what what the hell that is in Victor Wembanyama the picture that we posted on our page of mm-hmm. the Wimbo jumper and KD's nowhere near blocking this shot it's not even close 7 foot KD is nowhere near touching that rock mm-hmm. so the i think the suns kind of can can say the same thing that i've been saying about my lakers which is we're not all there yet right brad, brad obviously has had some back problems whatever that is book has been in and out of the lineup a couple times Kevin Durant looking pretty good, and luckily for now, there's no injuries out of him, knock on wood. Uh, but they are an incomplete team, right? And a big portion of that is Brad Beal. So until we can see some more minutes with all three of them on the court, we'll hold off judgment on on pushing the panic button for them. But what we clearly do know right now is that without Brad Beal, they are not a championship contending team. I think that's pretty fair to say at least you know eight games in, but and it could change. But because they they do they really went all in on these three guys with one of those three missing, it's going to be a problem. So they need to stay healthy this whole year in order for them to achieve the kind of things that we think that they can do with with that powerhouse of a roster. Uh, and we'll see if Brad Beal, you know, can even kind of settle into the point guard position, or if, if Booker is going to be the guy that that actually handles the ball more. How that all looks together as the season develops, but no panic button there yet. I still think defense and rebounding is going to be an issue for them. But I think once we see Brad, I, I the, the the numbers have to get better, right? You would think so, but I you know, this is going to haunt D Book for a little while. You can't go, you can't guard all of us, right? And you definitely can't guard all of it, all of you guys if you ain't playing, D Book. Right. How about that? Can't That's guard right. somebody on the bench, and this is a perfect time, Drew, to chime in really fast with my new favorite segment on the show. It's Uh-oh. Nurk Watch 2023. Nurk Watch. Yusuf Nurkic. You want to talk about positives on this basketball team, Drew? I'm just going to read you his numbers. The second week of the NBA, we got Nurk at 10 and a half, 10, and 4.8 assists a game. Nurk, you're thriving. Keep it going, brother. And Drew, also, I said it's very satisfying to see Rudy Gobert get dunked on. I love it. And also, I'm sorry. I know we have a lot of Phoenix Suns fans that listen to us. I don't like the Suns, okay? I want to see them (laughs) fail. I do, just like you want to see my Clippers fail. I want the Suns to crash and burn. I want this to blow up in all of their faces. And I love Kevin Durant. I respect the hell out of Devin Booker in his game. And, you know, of course, Bradley Beal's a bucket, but I want to see it fail. I want to see it all <laughs> fail. Give me the next team, Drew. The last one that I'm going to touch on, the teams that made big moves, of course, it's the Golden State Warriors. No more Jordan Poole. They bring in Chris Paul. A lot of hoopla about how it's all going to look, especially after Draymond Green comes back from his injury. Looks pretty good. Looks pretty good with Chris out there. They're figuring out the rotations pretty nice. Steph seems to be unaffected entirely. Um, I think Chris has done a good job of trying to acclimate to the system and you know play his game, but also just be like a part of 
the bigger picture. Let's move. Let's move the right way. I'm going to try and be in my my right spots, take my good shots, make my good passes. Chris is doing exactly what we would probably expect out of him. I expect uh, nothing less, Drew. The bigger problem right now seems to lie with Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. Those guys got to get back on track. And this and 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 to be fair, they're sitting in the four seed, right? Definitely, yeah. it, it's good. This is this. They're off to a pretty good start here. I think six and three, four seed right now, not bad at all. Could it look better? One hundred percent. But. There is promise, right? Kaminga, maybe maybe he's going to come along, but Moody, I think, is also looking pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. I like Moody. Uh, I think he will continue to, to prove out and, and show his worth. The rookie, Poznadzewski, I forget how to say his name, whatever that white kid, boy. Santa, Santa Clara white kid, uh, pitching in from here you know, here and there. But, he's got balls, man. He's got balls. I like him. I like the way he plays. Me too. He's very calm. Mm-hmm. It, very, very steady. Uh, kind of goes at his own pace. I mean, these are all like really key attributes for a slower white guy uh, to have if you're going to have success in the NBA. So sh- shout out to that young man, and I will eventually get your name right. Uh, but Wiggins and Clay, they you know they they're not going to have success if both of those guys are not locked in. They can right. probably still achieve some really big things if one of them is locked in and the others maybe not so much. But it can't be both. It cannot be both of them. So uh, I'm real hopeful about Wiggins. I'm not so hopeful about Clay. You know, Clay's really in an interesting spot here. He's got to prove himself, and it probably doesn't feel right that he has to do that with everything he's given to this organization. But he's asking for, you know, $100, $120, $140 million uh, on a new contract at the end of this year, and that's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough for them to go, yeah, we think you deserve that based on the level of performance that he's playing at right now. So I... you know, it's been a full season, right? We gave him a pretty much a full season now. It would be now that you would hopefully expect for him to get back to where he was if it was ever going to happen. I'm nervous that it's not ever going to happen again because it's, it, I mean, that's such a toll on his lower body. Uh, I think he's slower. I think he's uh, less confident. And I think it's showing up all the time. I think he still tries a lot. I think he's still, I, the mental toughness and everything that he went through, notwithstanding. Like that's incredible that he's even back on the court playing ball and and doing as well as he is, even though it's not great. Um, but I just think he's in a weird spot right now. And I, I'm really hopeful he can, you know, ramp up pretty fast and and start doing what we know he can do. Uh, which is really just hitting shots and playing good defense. And right now those two things are escaping him. I think the defense is is almost done though. Mm-hmm. Like when you're looking for that, we had this conversation when everybody was at the crib. You know, when you're looking for that 130, Clay is definitely deserving of 130 if he's if he's the two way Clay. You know, yeah. And that's just not what it is right now. He's deserving of the money. If Draymond's going to get 100 million, sure, Clay Thompson should get 100 million dollars. But he's also not Kobe. We're just not going to give you this money because you've been with our franchise forever and like you're Kobe. Like you are Clay. You'll probably have a statue, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't look right, Clay, Dre, or Steph. Wouldn't look right playing on another basketball team. Clay in a Laker jersey, which you would love to see. It just wouldn't look right, man. So I think you should do everything you possibly can to keep Clay there, but without lowballing him. You know, you don't throw him an Austin Reeves contract. You know what I mean? Here's four for fifty or whatever. <laughs> right. uh, you you can't do that. I hope they figure it out. Everybody roots for Clay. I don't think there's too many people that love basketball that don't root for Clay Thompson, but. Also, if you got Moody that's outperforming you, Moody needs to be playing. Yeah. So, you know, who's ever producing is the ones that need to be playing. And maybe Look, Clay can save it for the playoffs. 
I and I think they're they're there's just a chance that maybe he's just in a little bit of a slump, right? This is this is the other side of things. You can be in the best shape, you can have 100% health, and you can still miss shots, right? Like that's kind of the way that the game works. And some yes. guys are streaky, some guys are not. Most of the time, Clay makes shots, and that's probably why it's standing standing out to us the way that it is thus far. But throughout the season, uh, you know, again, whatever nine games played, 35% from three. Honestly, Clips, that would he might be number one or two on the Lakers right now if he was on our team. But that's by far the worst that he's ever shot percentage-wise in an NBA season. His his the lowest ever mark was uh back in 21-22. He shot 38.5%. Every other year of his career, he's been at 40 or higher. 38's so, good too. Like I don't mind 30. 38, 38 and a half for it for that to be the lowest is like this, right. this is what we're talking about, right? This is what we're right. talking. He has set a precedent. We have come to a certain expectations about Clay Thompson's game. And one of them is that the, the dude makes threes. Uh, but right now he's averaging seven and a half threes uh, attempted per game and only only making 2.6. So hopefully that will just improve. And I think it, it, it certainly can. And when he's when he's nailing those threes at the rate that we're talking about, it makes up for some of that defensive you know inability that he has now. And I also think they're they're trying to hide him and put him on you know less less quick players as often as they can. Uh, but that's the roundabout way of, of going through some of the action that we've seen in the offseason and how it's playing out thus far with these major teams. I'm going to close with this last thing, though, Clips. I know I said my last team, but if you had to guess who the number one scoring team in the NBA is right now, who would you say that would be? I think it's a fun one. The number one scoring team in the NBA would be uh, OKC? The Indiana Pacers. Fucking Pacers. I watched them yesterday. I'm bringing uh, I'm bringing them up because they're averaging right now a league best, and it's not even really close. 126 points per game. For them. 126. It helps a lot when you play the Wizards. Within that, you know, I think the Wizards let them have 150 or some shit. I don't even know. They could. I think it was. Yeah, dude, they could have scored 200 points. I think if they really wanted to in that game. Uh, but so that you know, that game aside, they are they are running and gunning. I'm telling you, the the Pacers are going to be fun to watch. If you don't have anything going on and you want to throw on a game and just tap into something different that you're not used to watching, throw on a Pacers game. You're, you're going to be pretty entertained with what's going on. I checked them out yesterday. They are fun. They're fun to watch. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool. They I love Hallie. Hallie's nice, dude. They that move. Guy. Yeah, exactly. They go. There's no slowing down for that roster. And, and Halliburton's, you know, when he's cooking, uh, it, it's it's fun to watch. Uh, you got a final thought for me, Drew? Because we have a tournament game. Clippers have a tournament game here coming up. You got a final thought to close us out? Tournament game, also known as just the regular season. Just, Rick, just another uh, goddamn game. <laughs> I have I have uh one final thought. Mm-hmm. Um did we talk about Jamal Murray hamstring? We, we didn't bring up that? the injuries at all. I I'll I'll mention that real quick before I give the final thought. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray out for uh at least a month with a hamstring problem. Uh we did talk about Plumley being out, Robert Williams, Time Lord, unfortunately out for the season now with another knee surgery. Uh Am I forgetting anybody else clips? Is there anybody else? Yeah, out we there? got CJ with the collapsed lung or the lung issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's out. They got a, uh, you know, it's crazy with the Pels. When we were talking about those Ingram. teams. Ingram's got a toe problem, doesn't he? Ingram's got a toe problem. We have, um, you know, we were talking at the beginning of the year, like who's going to step into Trey Murphy's roles. But then we got Jordan, Jordan Hawkins, who's been yep. out here just getting buckets. He had 31 the other night. He's got yep. the green light. The kid looks really nice. He's a shooter. So, yeah, he looks great. He looks confident as hell. So 
I'm, I'm, you know, God, can, I just want those guys to get healthy. So yeah, we're, we're losing players left and right being, being the second week going into the third week of the NBA. So yeah, uh, hope, hopefully they can, I mean, time Lord can't catch a rap with that knee. I mean, this just might be the thing for him. Yeah. Yeah, um, it feels that way. It does. Yeah. That's a bummer. Uh, hopefully all those guys, obviously Robert's going to be out for a long time, but the rest of those guys can get back on the court soon. Uh, my final thought is for the first time in, I can't remember when clips, the Lakers and Clippers game featured all of the appropriate stars that we expected to play in the game against each other. LeBron and Anthony Davis were available for the Lakers and played Kawhi and Paul George available and played and Russell Westbrook also on the court for them. Obviously there was no James Harden during that game, but it was uh, really nice to see a game where you got four stars that usually don't end up all playing, where they were all on the floor together. That was it. I it it was a, the reason I thought it was a good final thought is because that's so bad that I have to think about the last time that we were able to see a game like that from the Lakers and Clippers, where everyone virtually everyone that was <laughs> impactful, important, best player on the team was available and did play uh pretty crazy clips i don't know when the last time that happened well i think i i don't know i, I mean i get it. i could have done research to look but like I, we were due i mean shit we've won the ty Lue's never lost against the lakers I that was going to be the been, second part is we finally broke the streak you did uh, you guys had that's, won. A, that's the only positive thing i really in, have every single season is, yeah <laughs> at least we you know we'll probably beat the lakers four times this year maybe that, that'll be big for us <laughs> The next thing is to win the in-season tournament, and that's our one. That's our one trophy that we're going to get. So there it is. Uh, but that was a great game. It really was a great was game. Good game. That was Third a good game. One of the best kill. games of the season. Yeah, I thought Kawhi was going to drop sixty, bro. I'm like, oh, he's it's that it's that kind of night. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Russell looked great. Uh, it was a big. It was a, a good win for the Lakers. I definitely wanted to get that one though. Yeah. So that's my final thought. Uh, that's all I got. It was just nice to have those guys out there. Uh, I I. I think there is a chance that we actually might get a playoff series out of out of our two teams this this offseason. I'm really hoping that it's going to be this year. I think there's a good shot. That's what I'm leaning into here. Yeah, we'll have a great – we'll be in the play-in tournament, dude. We're really looking forward to that. I'm, yeah. I'm, look, Clipper Nation, I'm sorry. I'm just – I'm pretty negative right now. I'm sorry that, you know, I'm bringing this to your attention. But if you're a real Clipper fan, you 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 know – you know that this shit doesn't look right right now. I have a two-part final thought. My first part of my final thought, Drew, is just to uh, come back around off the last uh, podcast final thought. I want to let everybody know, once again, I really appreciate everybody that's been reaching out to me. I had hundreds and I had thousands of people reach out, DMs, phone calls, uh, text messages, all this to check in on me. I felt so freaking loved, guys. And uh, uh, to let everybody know, I did finally on Monday, I had two more MRIs and then I met with my primary on Wednesday and it is the diagnosis. It is MS. That's what I have. That's what we're, uh, that's what we're going with. That's what we're treating for. Now I see a specialist, a neurologist, uh, this week, that's going to put me on a good game plan. Um, it's been a really rough week. I'm still on these, these steroids and my vision is still, I still have double vision. Um, it's not going to be easy, but like, look, I'm going to get through it. I appreciate it. I got so much support and uh, people just all over reaching out. I mean, it's so funny. People think like I'm like going to die and it's like, I'm going to be fine. You know, but people are like, do you want me to bring you food? Do you want us to drive you down to the beach? And I'm like, I live 
15 feet from the beach. I will walk my ass to the beach, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Um, but it's going to be something that I'm dealing with for the rest of my life, you know? So, you know, one day it could be double vision. Maybe another day my right arm will give out. I don't know. All I know is I'm going to, uh, you know, MS chose the wrong motherfucker. Let's just say that this mm. is not, I was not, they, they picked the wrong host body to hop in because I'm not paying it, uh, any mind. I'm going to take my vitamins. I'm going to do exactly what the doctors tell me to do. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to continue to do our podcast and everything that we love. And if anything, I'm just more double down on all of this. I told Drew, I, I was having a really tough time before we started this show. I had major anxiety. My heart's been weird all day. And as soon as we press play, I feel completely normal right now. So I appreciate everybody. Thank you very much. My second part of my final thought is I'm wearing this new hat right now. It's a new <laughs> Clipper hat. If you're watching the, if you, the Clippers have their, their, uh, their new jerseys. Okay. Yep. They're city. They're not city jerseys. They're the all, I don't know what there's 47 different jerseys. Okay. All I know is the new Clipper logo is now itself says clips on it. Never in 40 years of being a Clipper fan. Have these guys ever been referred to as clips? Okay, so as soon as they come out with this new logo and branding, obviously, I buy everything. I got my fleece blanket. I got the Clips hat on right now. I've got a uh, a tote bag. I think I have uh, uh, one of those those Yeti those Yeti glasses coming. There you go. I'm buying them all because it's my name. Since when did the Clippers ever use Clips as anything? I'm not saying that they stole it from me, Drew, but it's the only thing that makes sense. And why is there only one P? Are we the Clipes? Are we the Creeps? What are we? It should be two Ps for a double dose of this pimping. That's what it should be. But do you think? Do you think that they stole? Do you think they stole my name, Drew? Because they've never been referred to as the Clips. Yeah, I think they were nervous that if they did the Clips with two Ps, that we would pursue legal action. And they were right, Balmer. You should be shaking in your boots if when our when our lawyers come knocking, homie. Uh, but all he had to do was just write us a letter and say, Hey, can we use it? And That's, we would have been, would have been gold, right? That would have been, been no totally problem. Put yeah. another P on here. We're not the Clippers. No. Okay. We're not. There's two P's for a double dose of this pimping. And it just would have been, you know what? They don't, the Clippers won't allow me to be a brand ambassador for the Clippers, which is the craziest thing in the world. Because if anybody should be a brand ambassador for the Clippers, it should be the fucking guy named Clips. You won't let me be a brand ambassador, but you're going to steal my name. You're going to steal my damn name. Uh, I'm going to take it as a form of respect, just like the white man can't jump when they took the follow through from us. It's just another sign of respect. But I, you know what? You know what's funny though, Drew, is I probably spent $400 on all the new clips. Yeah. So <laughs> they got you. I, they're the they ones laughing even all though, the way. Even though it's missing a P, they still got you. Missing a goddamn P. All right, guys. It is, uh, it's Panic at the Crypto, episode 298. We're going to be back shortly, y'all. So follow through with clips and Drew, we're ghost. You know what it is, you know what it is.